Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. We'll see, maybe Bonnie will be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger things have happened. <laughs> that one I did. That was Bonnie saying hello. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie, and hi, listeners. Welcome back to Joe vs. the Minute. We are a podcast that analyzes the film Joe vs. the Volcano one minute at a time, and occasionally our guest dogs stop by and say hi. (laughs) I am your host, Tierney Steele, and uh, why don't my guests introduce themselves? Welcome back, guys. Hello. Thank you very much for having us back. Yes, thanks for having us. And I'm going to go blank for a little bit right now because I have a, <laughs> I have an impatient corgi here who's giving me the stare. She wants something from me, probably just my attention. That was her again. All right, I will try and be back soon. <laughs> okay. And that was that was my wife, Nancy O'Kane. This is Jim O'Kane from, uh, gosh, every all the other podcasts that you've listened to, like Apollo 13 and, and all that other stuff, and uh, Rocketeer Minute and uh, Airport Minute. And uh, we've been this has been a wonderful week, Tierney. Thanks for having us on. It's been so great to talk to you guys. We started off this week so serious, beautiful, <laughs> so serious, literally praying to God, the gratitude for our life, our one precious life on this earth. And today we're going to talk about Minute 81, which starts with <laughs> Joe and Patricia reacting to being spotted and ends with a happy procession leading everyone up from the beach. Yes. <laughs> and I just have to laugh because this is, I, I I usually do a little, I have a column on my spreadsheet for this podcast that has like theme of this week. And then I'm like, use this for planning with guests, you know, kind of what yeah. do they want to be on? And this week's is from Joe's prayer to rescue in just one week of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot happens in this week so thanks for sticking with us oh so much and and i do i, I do want to catch up i i promise uh last time i promised that i would do my homework and get some oh, more yes. information and uh, we were talking about cargo cults and particularly the prince philip movement which was an actual group of people that uh, are still today. They're uh, in uh, in the island of Tana in Vanu- Vanuatu, which is in, um, it's in the South Pacific, and uh, is a cargo cult who believe that Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, the husband of Queen Elizabeth II, is a divine being. And according to... Um, According to ancient tales there, a mountain spirit traveled over the seas to a distant land and he married a powerful woman and in time would return to him, to them. And they've decided that uh, that would be, uh, and he was, you know, just this tall white man named, uh, they originally thought his name was John Frum, which came about from uh, other cargo cults from Australia. But he, uh, they, they considered that uh, Prince Philip checked all those boxes. He married a powerful woman and he was overseas. And uh, in the early, the early 60s or maybe the late 50s, the royal couple made an official visit. Or actually, they made an official visit in 1974. And a, a few villagers had a chance to see this you know, tall Prince Philip. And uh, the prince wasn't aware of this group, but he really jacked up. They had only seen pictures of Prince Philip and they knew that Prince Philip was married to the queen and, and all over the island since it was a British protector. All over the island were pictures of the Queen and, and Prince Philip. So they thought, oh, this is the guy. This is this is our our our, our man. And uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, the ambassador, the British ambassador there, asked that Prince Philip send them a portrait. And so he did. He signed a big photograph and he sent it to it. And uh, the villagers responded by sending him a traditional pig killing club called mm. a nal nal. And the prince sent another po- photograph of himself posing with the club. And so. Uh, 
the chief of the uh, Vana, Vanautu tribe kept those as like the sacred relics of, uh, you know, talking to the divine being, these, these big photographs. And uh, so they pretty much worshiped the royal family. And of course, uh, Princess Anne, who's a child of, uh, of Prince Philip, visited the island in uh, 2014 and uh, was also worshiped. So it's you know, it's just one of those things. This is this has become yeah. part of their culture. This is what they believe. And uh, you know, whether it's uh, orange soda or uh, guys who guys who look like Matt Smith, um, <laughs> <laughs> every we all have our own deities. Um, now, see, I always say Vanuatu, but I'm now realizing that might have come out of having taken Italian. When in doubt, pronounce all the vowels. Okay, I, I am not so sure. I am, I I am not the expert on this. You could be right. You know, it, it probably sounds better in Italian. And the only reason I even know that much about it is because my favorite book, again, I love lots of books, but if you looked at me and said, quick, what's your favorite book? I would tell you that it's James Michener's Tales of the South Pacific. Ah. I love that book. When I was in college, I would reread it during finals, like every semester. That was my like calming. (laughs) Okay. You know the story. Everything's going to be okay. It doesn't matter. Statistics make no sense. Just read about the Battle of the Coral Sea. It's it. You're doing better than these guys. <laughs> so, and that is, I, I, my mom always says, she's like, I don't understand. Like, we're from Connecticut. Why are you obsessed with the South Pacific? <laughs> this makes no sense. And I kind of wonder if it's because I loved this movie and this is what I thought it was. Because <laughs> when they talk about, like, when they visit Bally High and they talk about all the canoes coming out to meet them. You thought of this. You, this. All those World War II stories. I thought of this. <laughs> <laughs> you have an interesting starting place. <laughs> well, now I'm thinking. I'm thinking about other movies that could have given impressions of the South Seas, and we have what Mutiny on the Bounty. Yeah. And <laughs> no, nope. um, Joe versus the volcano yeah. and Father Goose. That's all I got. <laughs> oh, Father, Go- Father, Father Goose. Goose. That's a good one. I love yeah. that movie. Oh, oh yes. I love the movie uh, Father Goose. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, everything I know about the South Seas I learned from uh, Gilligan's Island. I think that's my that's my touchstone <laughs> there. So, oh, I, what's what's the what's the other one where she's going to wash that man out of her hair? That's South Pacific. That is South Pacific. There yeah. you go. So yes. that is the musical adaptation of, of, the, book, of the book Tales of the, of the South Pacific. Pacific. Yeah, Michener. Oh, yeah. okay, that's right. Wow. Okay. One other thing, while while we're on talking about cargo cults and being in the background, we we did touch on this Wednesday and I have to I have to clear things up we were talking about the 1980 film the gods must be crazy and uh, I love that film it was I know a lot not I've had seen both reactions I don't think uh, Nancy you're not that fond of it is that right I have not seen it for years and years and years but I don't remember it being one of my favorite films no yeah it's a it's a fun little fable I mean what happens is there's a bushman in, in Central Africa or South South Central Africa and they've never known anything hard in their life everything is soft they, they, they farm goats and things like that and there's no there's nothing hard it's all dirt and grass and there's nothing really hard in their lives and somebody's flying overhead in a plane and throws a Coke bottle out the window. And the main character is a fellow named Z. And Z gets hit in the head by a Coke bottle. And he's never seen anything this hard in his life. So he picks it up and doesn't know what to do with it. And he goes he goes to his tribal elders and says, I don't know, the gods threw this at me from the sky. And the gods say, well, it's, it's evil. It shouldn't belong in our world. So you have to get rid of it. And so he has to, he's sent to the edge of the world which they, they don't know what the edge of the world looks like, but they go to the edge of it and throw it off and get rid of it. So on the way, he meets all these people who are like National Geographic 
photographers and wildlife experts and he you know one of them is crazier than the other one when he meets them it's like <laughs> what's wrong with these all these people and there's like terrorist gorillas and things like that and they're they're, they're having this he, he walks through a war without understanding what's going on and he finally gets to this cliff that's at the edge of a giant mountain range and there's nothing but clouds below him and after you know after he gets there he just takes the coke bottle and he throws he throws it over the cliff <laughs> and he's gotten rid of it and then he goes back home to his people and he's like I just gotta get away from the crazy world that's outside of our nice comfortable place and it's a beautiful story I just um, I saw this in a very small theater in Austin Texas back in 1980 or 81 and I love the film it was very you know, it's low budget it was it was very simple but it's just one of those stories with a lot of heart to it and just interesting of turning civilization on its ear like that you know the civilized people are the the ones that are the the goat farmers out in the middle of nowhere and just the crazy world that we all live in is just something to be avoided so mm -hmm. just uh it was a beautiful thing and it, it earned um uh, the french gave it the cesar award which is the equivalent of the oscars and it won i think the los angeles critics association gave it a, gave it an award for best foreign film um just a, just a great film and if you if you get a chance to see it i can strongly recommend the gods must be crazy it'll it's a thing that'll put a smile on your face just very funny and very um very interesting take so i know what movie we're going to be watching some night soon yeah i'll probably have to dig it out <laughs> yeah. somewhere at this. and nathan yeah. lane will not be in That's, it <laughs> yeah, nathan lane yeah if nathan lane were cast in this that would not be the right move <laughs> i had no idea this was nathan lane <laughs> No, I didn't. I I was I, when the credits were rolling at the end of this. I said, "Wait, where was Nathan Lane? What was he in this movie?" And of course, once you're told it's Nathan Lane, the way he says, "Are you Joe?" It's like, okay, <laughs> yes. yeah, no, that is. He said his Bye. aroma liked a certain appeal. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's colorful, it's exciting. The music's going. The as we pointed out the light is completely inconsistent but everyone's just having a good old time they go out they greet him and we confirm that joe it is joe banks and he's in the right place <laughs> <laughs> and and what a better way to celebrate but and by uh, by singing heaven Nagila. so i that was um a very <laughs> good timing i i um i was the only catholic boy in a, in a mostly jewish neighborhood and this brought me back to my childhood i was hearing it in like hawaiian oh. was uh was just charming. I just uh, it brought back many uh, many fun bar mitzvahs. This might have been the first time I heard this song. Really? Actually. Oh, really? I'm oh. trying to think when I would have heard it ah. before this, and I don't think yeah, the first time the first time I was ever uh, called upon to know what was happening was uh, my friends. It was really great actually. My friend who is uh, St. Louis Catholic married a Swampscott, Massachusetts Jewish boy, ah. and they did the whole like put her up on a chair oh, in the whole wow. nine yards. Awesome. awesome. Wow. And it was very great how very strategically us Catholics like made sure we were like interspersed amongst the Jewish relatives who knew what they were doing, so oh, they would pull okay. our arms up at the right time. And uh, see, I, I, the neighborhood I grew up with in uh, was um, it was mostly Jewish neighborhood, and I went to the YMHA, the Young Men's Hebrew Association, was our was our local uh, sw swimming place, and uh, we didn't play Simon Says, we played Simenachem. I thought everybody. I thought everybody grew up like this. So, 
it's very, <laughs> it very like it's like okay well my you know my friends are jewish i'm catholic and we all know each other's stuff so i used to go yeah. to purim festivals and things like that but uh sing you know singing Havana Gila was always a thing that you did at either summer camp or a bar mitzvah or somebody's wedding or any kind of things and it was just i would have to ask my husband he grew up he's the cradle catholic um but his best friends were the cohen's oh wow. and he has many like when he moved in, I was like, you have many. And now I can't remember the name of the thing they put on their heads. Oh, Yamaka. my God. Yamaka. Br- thank you. It's Friday. Uh, I yeah. swear that's why. <laughs> okay. My brain that's... knew that word. It just could you not know, come there's up a, with it. There's a global pandemic. You have an excuse. It's fine. I know. <laughs> but he but he moved in and I'm like, you own multiple yamakas. <laughs> like, what's going on here? And he's like, well, you never know. You need them. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull them out. Usually, I, I wind up with them in my pocket after a wedding. Yeah, and we, I, I have I have a bunch somewhere in a sock drawer and things with you know different people's names on it, the inside. So, mm-hmm. but it's uh, yeah, it, it was. Um, I had a I had a great experience, and it was just a wonderful a wonderful time growing up. I, I used to win goldfish at the Purim festival every year until. Uh, oh, yeah, the great thing about goldfish was is they drop dead before you you know before you ever got tired of them. So, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> that's the great thing about well, them. okay. I mean, no, I had, I had my. Oh God, sorry. I have to tell you, my sister went to a birthday party where the favor were betta fish. Oh my! And God. I thought my mother was going to murder this other kid's parents. <laughs> oh! Every other child's betta fish died like within a few weeks. Hero lived seven years. Oh I want to say oh, <laughs> like, my it goodness. was the oldest betta fish that's ever been. Yes, you're never going over to that kid's house again, ever. <laughs> I pretty much. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, no, it was it was it was, it was a lot of fun fun growing up and uh just hearing Hub and the Gill, I just I, I not quite a belly laugh, but it's like, oh, this is great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it set the mood immediately. Again, everyone is having so much fun. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's such a great thing. And you know, that's uh Gila if uh, Hebrew serves me correctly. Hub and the Gill is just like I know this is this Sounds kind of sacrilegious, but it's a, it's a chant in the in the style of row 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 your boat. You just say it again and again, and it's, you know it's, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. That's the that's the uh, English equivalent of having a gill, <laughs> and it's basically you're just saying you know let's be happy, let's let's sing, let's be happy. That's that's pretty much what the lyrics are. That's a real good philosophy to have, and it's yeah, it's yeah. great, and it's always it's always when you're singing it, you're having a good time. So I think it it. it it's a it's a great song to have right here and these people are having a great time yes yeah as they bring him up up onto the beach and i love it it's one of those gags that i didn't notice until years later on a rewatch all of a sudden i was like wait a minute (laughs) i think it's really gonna show my uh mel brooksian fandom i love the red carpet Oh. But I know many people do not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on the big roller. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Adorable. The giant red carpet on the roller, <laughs> I think, is hysterical. And I know many people who, in general, like this movie and say, well, but the slapsticky stuff on the island. And I'm like, that's what makes it oh, better. Oh, man, it's great. <laughs> uh, that's like that's like salsa on a hot dog, as my wife would say. She she, she, <laughs> other people use mustard, but she uses hot salsa. So yep, definitely, definitely puts a. It's spin delicious. To it. I recommend it. <laughs> Uh, and then they switch. They switch to um, the you know the Polynesian version of when Johnny comes marching home. <laughs> oh no! See, I call it the Polynesian version. The ants go marching in. Oh, so okay. there's another generational divide yeah, for yeah, us. Could, could be. Yeah, that's that's it. Or the, now I will have the tiebreaker here. Nancy, what did you when you heard that? Did you think of the ants go marching two by two? Or 
I did not, but that makes a lot more sense following up on Havana Gila because they're, you know, they're summer camp songs. That's, that's true. They're, that is. they're songs that children chant and sing. So I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ship here. I'm going to Tierney's side on this one. Oh, okay. No, I understand. No, that's fine. Well, that's like, you know, is, is the alphabet song Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star to you. So it's. Yeah. <laughs> And it's a third one, too. What's Folk culture is weird, yeah. folks. Yes. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yep. What is the third one? I don't remember. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. And then there's A, B, C, D. Um, Baba, black sheep. Baba, black sheep. Yeah, there we yep. go. Okay. okay. Yep. yep. Uh, which is yet another uh, uh, South Pacific story if you watch the uh, TV show. Wow. I do not want to take away. We can talk more about Joe versus the Minute, but that's kind of a perfect way to bring up on Fridays, we ask our guests what their favorite fairy tale is, since Joe versus the Volcano Ooh. is kind of a fairy tale for adults. And so when we were talking about, like, well, folk culture, it depends on what you grew up hearing. Like, I hear this music and I think about the pajama parade at summer camp where they would say, you know, that's a long-winded way and I might cut it. But uh, yeah, we always say kind of any medium. It doesn't have to be like a traditional fairy tale from... It could be, but... I mean, hmm. if anything jumps to mind, ladies first. Oh no! Come on, I'm trying to think of a fairy. I were trying to think of a fairy tale that I didn't kind of roll my eyes at, even as a kid, like Little Red Riding Hood. I used to think, "What is wrong with this child? How can she not see <laughs> that that is wolf. not yeah. her grandmother? <laughs> <laughs> is she blind as well as young? You know, just so I, I was a cynical child, and not much has changed since then. But um. I now have a two-year-old, and I got to tell you, that kid knows immediately when it's a person he doesn't know. So I'm not sure I buy yeah. that a child would see them and be like, oh, grandmother, you look different. It's like, <laughs> kids don't act. No, kids would be like, who Who are yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> Do I have to talk to you? My Why? My Why are you greeting me? <laughs> My grandma had lips. I remember that. And thumbs. Where's your thumbs? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Uh, this is from memory. It's a poem that uh, everybody in my seventh grade class had to memorize. And anyone who's in my seventh grade class is, who's listening to this, hello, hi, you, you'll remember. <laughs> so so uh, this was written. Now, Mrs. Myers, my English teacher, would get mad because I can't remember who wrote it. But the, the title of it was A Boob and Adam. This is for you. Yeah, you've heard me say this one before. If if you haven't heard this, let me let me. This is this is from memory. So if I, if I pause, I'm gonna like be forgetting <laughs> stuff. A boob and Adam may his tribe increase. Awoke one night from a deep dream of peace and saw within the moonlight in his room, making it rich like a lily in bloom, an angel writing in a book of gold. Exceeding peace made Ben Adam bold into the presence in the room. He said, "What writest thou?" The vision raises head. And with a look made of all sweet accord answered the names of those who love the Lord. And is mine one, said Abu? Nay, not so, replied the angel. Abu spoke more low, but surely still, and said, I pray thee then write me as one who loves his fellow man. The angel wrote and vanished. The next night it came with a great awakening light and showed the names of those who the Lord, the love of God had blessed. And lo, Ben Adam's name led all the rest. The end. That was that. Oh, and it, thank you, Mrs. Wow. Myers. I know, gosh, she'd be 130 <laughs> by now, but she got us to know every single word and, and <laughs> elocute. So that's my my parlor trick. I can do a boob and Adam, but that that probably is by default one of my favorite fairy tales or, or stories that are you know it's kind of Arabian Nights ish. 
good good mm. way to say it. And um, you've reminded me of my favorite thing. The the thing I can remember from when I was very young, not a fairy tale, but we had I had two older sisters, teenagers, and for some reason they had gotten a new stereo record player. So I inherited their old one, which is one of these little. It looked like a suitcase, and you open up the top, and there was the record <laughs> player inside. Mm-hmm. And I had a four album set of the story of Alice in Wonderland. Ooh. And I must have worn that record out. And the thing that was that impressed me about it, it was made for a record player with a record changer on it. So you'd put the two albums on the top at the same time. So it would drop down side one and then side two would drop down. And then you flip the two records over so you heard side three and side four. And for some reason, my little four-year-old, five-year-old mind, that was just the most complicated thing ever. And I always had to ask <laughs> one of my older sisters to help me put the records on the right way and they'd roll their eyes, but they'd do it for me. And that uh, that album set has long been lost to antiquity, but it is one of my earliest memories. And as a result of it, I've always loved the story of Alice in Wonderland. So, wow, I love it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to have to start hunting eBay and oh, see dear. if I can find and that. And then we're going to have to uh, <laughs> transduce it to uh, MP3 format so you can listen to it on your iPhone. <laughs> well, at least hopefully by now I won't need help deciding how to put the records <laughs> on the, the records changer. On. <laughs> it does. It sounds complicated. No, that's my parents still have my parents have multiple record players because only one of them has the 78 setting. Ah, and they have to keep it for the once a year when my mom pulls out. I don't know if it's the ballad of or the story of Gossamer Wump, hmm. which she only has on 78. Uh, jingle, jingle. I play my triangle. Let me see if I can find. Gossamer Wump, Frank Morgan, 1950s, a children's record published in 1949 about a boy who learns to play the triangle. Wow. (laughs) I've never heard of that. It sounds fascinating. It's just silly. And she and her sister loved it. And so every so often she pulls it out. And so they keep the giant record player. (laughs) Frank Morgan uh, narrates it? Wow. The the Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's. Oh, that must sound great. That must sound great. So yeah, and it's so funny because my dad is always like, "I could put it on the computer," and she's like, "No, <laughs> I want it this way." <laughs> That's awesome. I love that, and I don't think we've had either of those yet. I love expanding our library of fairy tales. Wow. Apologies if someone has said Alice in Wonderland already. I'm sorry, <laughs> ah. but but yeah, was there anything that you guys wanted to talk about, Joe versus the volcano? Wise, it doesn't have to be just these minutes. Um, let's see. I, we always have a, we always have a discussion about, uh, Meg Ryan, is Meg Ryan the right person for Tom Hanks? And yeah, I guess I, I'm trying to figure a better partner with her. I mean, she's, she's been in, they, they always would team her. She, they try to team her up with him. Like it's William Powell and Myrna Loy, but I don't think, I don't think that chemistry is the same. To me, she's just very generic. Let's put a cute girl in this role. I know. Let's get Meg Ryan. There's nothing that's... wrong with her. There's nothing wrong no, with her. No, there's nothing. No, she's she's cute. <laughs> she's. I think that's why Jarf really likes the Dee Dee and Angelica characters. Yeah. Because it gives her something else to play with. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't have to be Meg Ryan. I never felt it in like. When I watched Sleepless in Seattle, I never felt that she really cared about him. I, I, I mean, she was acting like she cared about him, but I I felt... It was more the idea of him. Like, I felt more that she was in love with uh, Nicolas Cage in... Um, what's the one where he's the he's the guardian angel? Oh, um, uh, City of Angels? City of Angels. City of, you know, City of Angels. I felt more like she was in love with Nicolas Cage in City of Angels than she was in... And, you know, and, I'm, and I'm talking about everything from You've Got Mail. I just never... 
I don't get the chemistry there. They they do go well together. They're very nice. They're a nice looking couple and all that. I just I don't get the feeling of passion from her to him and vice versa. They, it just kind of looks like they're their job. And I, I they're both fine actors. You know, I, I like yeah. I, I like them and stuff. And uh, no, I was just was thinking because I love the movie Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. And at the end, I was like, oh, but you feel the love. But the fact that you said you don't feel the passion between them, you're absolutely right. There are no passionate scenes between Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan and Sleepless in Seattle. No, no, or it's all the idea of love. Yeah, it is, and, and it's the same way. And you've got mail. I don't feel it that way. I, you know, where Meg, Meg Ryan felt again. These other movies that I can think of where, um, and of course, I'm going to blow the title. Um, oh gosh, Hugh Jackman and uh, Meg Ryan are in a movie where Hugh Jackman oh. goes back in time, and it's the yes. Otis Elevator yes. Company. Yes, uh, Kate and. Kate and Leopold. Classic. Kate and Leopold. I love that movie. I, I think of that movie every single morning when I have to push the toaster down twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and in that movie, there's there's a passion and there's a there's an attraction. You feel this strong the strong attraction, and maybe it's because Hugh Jacks Hugh Jackman is a much stronger romantic lead. I get the I get a really strong feeling of attraction when you watch Kate and Leopold. It just feels it feels very yeah. Loving. But Daryl Hannah and Tom Hanks had passion. Yes, and splash. Yeah, yeah. That was that was sweet. It was very sweet, and you felt you felt that. But I don't feel. I mean, I wish I did. I and they're both. And I'm not <laughs> saying that they're they're not bad actors in their own right. But it just I don't feel that chemistry between the two of them. Gosh, you know, he, uh, Tom Hanks and Kathleen Quinlan had Passion of the Lovells in in Apollo thirteen. I felt that. I I just was. I would hope for more. I I, I that might be the weakest part of this movie. Mm. I just uh, I don't know why. So anyway, sorry. <laughs> well, you're off the show. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy, did you have any closing arguments? <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm still now just going mentally through my history of all the movies Meg Ryan's been in, and did she have chemistry with any of her leading men or not? And it's going to take me a while to sort that out. <laughs> Well, if you come to anything that you want to share with the world, we do have a Facebook group, the Joe versus the Minute Listener's Luggage Raft, where Oof. you can <laughs> posit any theories you would like. And uh, we also do have a Twitter and Instagram. So if you are on Facebook, there are still ways to get in touch with us. Sounds We're Joe good. versus Minute there. Okay. Make a note. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, yeah, so if you if you come up with anything, you're like, wait, 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 no, 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 I've got it. <laughs> there, there are ways to get that out into the world. And uh, and yeah, why don't you guys let our listeners know one last time where they can find you once I send you off away from the things of man here. Sure. Well, things that I'm working on currently, we are uh, working on Apollo 13 Minute. It is the 50th anniversary as we're recording this of Apollo 13. We've got some really amazing guests, some people who have been around the backside of the moon and beyond. So uh, uh, some uh, intriguing intriguing guests coming on and uh, they're all in their 90s so I'm, I'm hoping that we can have them back on several times but they're uh, very very fascinating hearing the people that made the history that the movie's based on and uh, you know we've got uh, a bunch more episodes to come where we had to uh, had to delay because of some medical issues last year but uh, everything's doing fine now so we're, we're picking up after our brief midterm hiatus yeah tune in on that you can find that at apollo13minute.com on iTunes and Google Play or wherever fine uh, podcasts are uh, caught yeah wherever fine podcasts are downloaded yes (laughs) (laughs) that's where you'll find us great thank you guys so so much for being on this minute or being on this week i feel like we got a lot done in a week yeah we did we i think we covered we covered as much as we could for the the three minutes that went and there was a lot in there too so yeah and lightning wise we covered several days oh yeah so (laughs) yeah 
And who knows how many lunar phases? It was amazing. I just can't let it go. It's so <laughs> like literally the wide shots versus the close-ups of them on the raft are completely different times of day. Yeah, it's, it's got to be something to do with the time zones, or maybe maybe it's because it was daylight savings or something. Who knows? <laughs> oh, that explains everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, we fixed it. <laughs> Well, thank you guys, listeners. I will be back next week, and fingers crossed, Jarf will be rejoining us, and I'll bet he's got a lot to say about this island. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Now I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to go when the volcano blows. Let me say now, I don't know. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.